0: these guys are nothing! You hear me? They please us like we do! Yes, sir. They sweat just like we do! Do you hear me? They went through two days! We went through two days in 110 degree heat! Yes, yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move! If the refs gets in your way, you hear them! Okay then, let's play! But that team us, too! That gives us too! This is our team! This is us! Let's go right now! Let's get it off now! Let's go! Welcome to the Rob Bro Show. I, I am Rob Bro. I am the host. You are the co-host. Come on, and just enjoy the ride. A couple of questions going through. Uh, obviously, here with Texas State basketball, we can talk about that. Losing another one last night to Baylor. They are 0 and 6 in Big 12 play we'll get on some bandwagon's we'll get off some bandwagon's as we always do a continuation from the Raiderland big bandwagon's to be a part of I'm sure from the texters I have a couple as well I'll start off with I'm on the Lady Raiders bandwagon they are 14 and 4 if they win tonight they'll be 500 in Big 12 play uh two big wins So far in Big 12 play, you fought Oklahoma all the way to the end before Oklahoma kind of got away from you at home. Well, here's the top 25 team in Texas coming to Lubbock, who's 13-5, and uh, but maybe has figured some things out. Uh, In Texas Tech's last five games, obviously they are... Uh, two and three in Big 12 play. They hammered Kansas State. Kansas State's not good. They also beat TCU by eight. And I also realized last night uh, the TCU women's team has lost 18 conference games in a row. Going back to last season. Uh, and I believe the last team they beat was Texas Tech on a fluke where the ball hit a foot under the basket and rolled. To a three-point shooter wide open. It wasn't a good pass. It was a good roll. Texas Tech has also lost to ranked Kansas and Lawrence. And then at home to Iowa State and Oklahoma. To get to their five-win Big 12 schedule record. Texas to fight back into the top 25 is 4-1 and one in Big 12 play. They lost to Oklahoma State by four. They beat Kansas. They beat Iowa State, both at home. And they also beat Kansas State. That game was 87-41. to So Texas is a good team at a tough non-conference. Back in the top 25. It's going to be a very tough game at home tonight. That one on Big 12 Now ESPN Plus for the Lady Raiders. Uh, but you also have Bramber Scott, who's been playing really well. Just nearly dropped 40 on Kansas State. Um, you've been sweeping Big 12 awards. You've been going back and forth with some of these players on Big 12 Player of the Week, Big 12 Freshman of the Week. Uh, Lots of individual honors for this team. They're very close. The Lady Raiders are very close. Uh, And you can see some obvious momentum there for Coach Gerlich and the Lady Raiders. Again, they host the Texas Longhorns tonight, 7 p.m. at the United Supermarkets Arena. Also kind of blew by it yesterday. It is one month till baseball season. One month from yesterday. Uh, scrimmages will start in the next couple of weeks. We'll start to learn a whole lot more about the team. Uh, we'll also allegedly get some baseball TV schedules. Obviously, uh comes out all the games are on ESPN+. Plus. You probably already know that. There will be a few series with a few teams on ESPN and ESPN2. Uh, and then the Texas Longhorns will play all their home games on the Longhorn Network, which is their third tier rights. It's just their ESPN Plus. Complain about all that you want to, but uh, that's just how it works. Uh, it's not Brett Yormark's fault, but it is his problem now. Uh, and if you want to blame somebody, blame him because he's in charge now, and that's how it works. Because you blame who's ever in charge. And getting back to Texas Tech basketball. A lot of people blaming Mark Adams. uh, And it's hard to not. Right? It's hard to not look at a basketball team. And say well they're talented. They're pretty good. But they're just missing something. Uh, And it's up to the coaching staff. To figure out what they're missing. And I I don't know that. uh, You'll be able to figure it out this season. like. I always try to find solutions when I see problems, and I just do not see a solution for this Texas Tech basketball team. I don't think you are structured in a way that makes you be able to play this defense efficiently that Mark Adams has built his career on in the Division I level. And I don't see how offensively – You can be effective unless, and this might be the only solution, you just do what Baylor's doing and hope to hit 50% of your threes against somebody and let Pop Isaac continue to shoot 13 threes a game. Tell Kevin O'Banner if he shoots two threes in a game again, he's fired. You need volume from Kevin O'Banner. Six shots from Kevin O'Banner is not enough. Have to get him more involved. How to do that? I don't know. I'm not the coach, but that's just what I see. If he is one of your best players, why is he not involved like a great player? And a lot of that is scheme. Sure, you want him to live under the boards for stretches of the game and get some putbacks and offensive rebounds. That's what he was doing in the NCAA tournament. That's what made him good. Last year, but you also look back to his time at Earl Robertson. you kind of just wanted to stand in the corner and get past two. But you have to have ball movement for that. And I just, I don't know that that team right now has that ability. Uh, They're 0-6 in conference play for a reason. You can text in your bandwagons all you want to 806-855-3712. The first one here says, Rob, am I off the Mark Adams bandwagon? I just don't know what to do anymore. And I can't tell you what to do. But I think it is a fine line. Um, I would not say that I'm off the Mark Adams bandwagon, but if he took... If he took the mindset that hey, we're going to be down this year, but I want to I want to off the norm in today's college basketball world to go get a bunch of freshmen and then be good in 2 years. Like if that was the plan, all right, I guess you're you're going according to plan. You probably thought you'd win more with these freshmen, but right now those freshmen aren't on the floor. Like if that's the plan, Have some buy in on it and give Lamar Washington and Elijah Fisher and Robert Jennings 20 minutes a game. If you're trying to get those guys legitimate playing time and experience to be good next year, go all in on that. You can't get worse than 0 6 in a stretch of six games. Like, if you play all your freshmen, and then you're 0-12, well, you went 0-6 with all your other guys. And at some point, West Virginia shows up on the schedule. And at some point, Oklahoma State will show up on the schedule. And surely, you can get a win against one of those two teams, but I don't know. And I know Mark Adams is searching for answers, and I know the fan base is searching for answers, And I know some people have offered the answer of, well, just fire Mark Adams. Is it that simple? I think Texas State basketball is at a crossroads. Do you want to be an NIL program? Do you want to be kind of fade the norm and go get a bunch of gritty two-star players and just try to compete in the Big 12? Do you want to keep recruiting four or five-star talent? Do you want to just go all in on the transfer portal like you've done in the past? It's what you did the year before. There's a lot of extremes that you could do to try and fix this program, but I... Again, I don't know that the program is broken just as much as this season has been broken. And that's a conversation for somebody way above my pay grade. But at 0-6, it's a conversation that is happening, I think. If it's not happening, it should be. You can text in on the text line, 806-855-3712. We can also talk about Kansas State and Iowa State. Both winners last night, Kansas State beating Kansas. I did not think they would pull that game out. Watching that game, Kansas State got off to a big lead. Kansas stormed back. How they stormed back at the end of the first half, I thought, well, this game is over. I thought Kansas would be able to control the second half and Kansas State would run out of steam, but they just never did. And you see Jerome Tang jumping around on the sideline and being energetic. And you see Jerome Tang getting on the scorer's table, talking to the students after the game, kind of playing with them to stop the the chance, the uh, FKU chance. There's been a lot said about that today as well. Jerome Tang telling the students, hey, we can just cheer for our team. We don't have to just be negative on everyone else. which I commend, I commend that Jerome Tang in that moment took that way to say it because it can't really come from anybody else. If it comes from the athletic director the next day, it's just like, oh, yeah, okay. But in the moment, if Jerome Tang wants to take that moment and say, hey, y'all were incredible tonight, but let's just cheer for Kansas State next week because we can do that too. I will say as well, the octagon of doom is back and you head there on Saturday. If you're Texas Tech, and uh, everything that you've believed the USA to be in the last five years, uh, the octagon of doom is all that. It is a very, very tough place to play, especially when it's rocking like it is right now. You also have Iowa State last night getting down, fighting back, and beating Texas. If I was going to power rank, and I will tomorrow, I don't know who the top four are. And I'll try to do it for power ranking Thursday, but the Big Twelve is really good at the top half. And you've played three of them, and you play the fourth this week on Saturday. Let's take a break when we come back more Rob Brosho. We'll talk some NFL playoffs and look ahead to some of the matchups. We'll also talk about the rest of the Big Twelve, some matchups tonight. We might even talk a little more Lady Raiders. It's the Rob Brosho Talk one to three point nine news, Money Sports. Welcome back to Rob Brosho Talk One Three Point Nine News Money Sports in the Arctic Air Studios. Uh, you've really just been needing the air conditioner still mostly <laughs> this winter. Allegedly, some Arctic air on the way this weekend. So, if you need to get that heater in check, if you're afraid of the Arctic air, you want some more Arctic air, you can call Arctic Air. Call the bear and Arctic Air. Uh, I, some interesting developments happening, and, and this is something that's been rumored for a couple of weeks here. Um, TCU is closing in on a new offensive coordinator. And it's Kendall Bryles. Now, <laughs> there's been a few times that Texas Tech has needed either an offensive coordinator. Or a head coach, and and the Bryles name has been brought up here locally. Uh, very strong ties, whether you like it or not, to Texas Tech, does the Bryles family have, and even to Lubbock, uh, with Art Bryles being here before he went to Houston as the head coach and Kendall playing high school football here in Lubbock, Texas, or at least in Wolford. Um, And you would expect a, a guy with... Kendall Bryle's resume post-2016 would get a little respect from TCU fans, and they might be excited about it. Though he has kind of regressed at Arkansas. Uh, Had a really good run at Houston. Had a really good run at FAU. And then just has kind of been okay at Arkansas. Um, But that offense has worked in the Big 12 before. And if they focus on running the ball and then getting vertical that's kind of what TCU was good at this year anyways. And you go back to a lot of what Ole Miss tries to do. uh, They have some influence in that realm as well. But if you just look at Kendall Bryles as a human being and what he's been involved with and where he's been in his career and who his dad is, TCU fans are not happy. Uh TCU fans per capita has a lot of burner accounts on Twitter. Uh, And I know that Twitter is not real life and that Twitter does not reflect the majority of the fan base generally. But when you have these fully bought in Twitter accounts that are full on fledged TCU saying they're going to switch their fandoms to someone else if Kendall Bryles is truly the answer here at TCU, that says something. And I don't know if you're going to have full-on blow-up at TCU because of hiring Kendall Bryles. I don't think you'll have guys transferring out of the program. He's obviously moved on and had several jobs since that scandal at Baylor. But you still look back, and in court documents, it, it has Kendall Briles quoted as saying, do you like white women? We've got a lot at Baylor, and they like football players. And in the context of the scandal at Baylor, that's really hard to overcome. But Kendall Bryles being zeroed in as the guy at TCU to replace Garrett Riley. Uh, in a lot of ways, there have been some strong advocates in the Texas tech landscape of hiring a Bryles back at Texas tech. So I'm not sure that there would be a lot of blowback for Kendall. There certainly was plenty of blowback for art being even mentioned in any capacity for Texas tech. But I wonder what the blowback would be. If Kendall Bryles had been the guy instead of let's say a Zach Kitley with Joey McGuire bringing in Kendall Bryles and, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know how I would react to have Kendall Bryles as the offensive coordinator. I like his offensive style. But it is hard to get past his involvement in what happened at Baylor. And to come back to this conference, where that school is a main rival of TCU... Coming off a national championship game where you could probably go get a bunch of guys to come in with this roster. I don't know if tone deaf is the right word, but it doesn't strike me as a great hire. Is it a bad hire? I don't know. I think Kendall Briles is a qualified offensive coordinator. And I think it's probably a good decision to leave Arkansas at this point in his career because Arkansas doesn't seem like they're trending upwards anymore, even with Sam Pittman. I think they gave their best shot to the SEC West. Uh, Here's a text. Uh, If TCU hires Kendall Bryles, Max Engel will run interference for them in the state state. Uh, in the star telegram big defender of Bryles. yes he has been in his career um and and mac ingle i don't read his stuff anymore because i don't subscribe to the star telegram but i'm sure he's already written pieces uh, that applaud the hire and i don't think it's an if anymore i think i think Kendall browse is being hired and i think they leaked the news a week and a half ago to just test the waters and i guess they felt like the waters were warm enough to to dive right in If not Kendall Bryles, who? And I don't know that Sonny Dykes has a better option. And I don't know if that speaks more to TCU or the Big 12 or Sonny Dykes. But it certainly seems like right now that Kendall Bryles is the guy. And this is going to have to be a storyline this year post national championship with both of your leading running backs moving on to NFL opportunities, with your quarterback moving on to an NFL opportunity, with now all of a sudden staring an inexperienced quarterback in the face starting next year, who won the job out of camp and then was so bad at Colorado you didn't even put him back in after a, a minor injury. And then you also have some defenders moving on you have your recruiting coordinator taking a job at Arizona state is there enough continuity at TCU to be good from one year to the next or was it just Sonny Dykes capitalizing on a roster that Gary Patterson had built And a coaching staff that had been together at SMU. Was the SMU success Garrett Riley or was it Sonny Dykes? These are all questions that Sonny Dykes is going to have to answer in year two at TCU. And they get harder and harder to answer when a guy like Kendall Bryles is brought into the mix. There's a reason Kendall Bryles is still an offensive coordinator. In my opinion. And for him to come back to the Big 12, to a school that has Texas Christian in the name, even though they try to ignore that at every turn, to be connected with that scandal at Baylor, a lot of dots and ifs you have to cross to get there. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, back to our regularly scheduled programming, I I had seen the Kendall Bryles news in and around, and I... If he's the guy, why have they not already hired him? And I get the, hey, let's drop it and see what the reaction is kind of stuff, but it's January. It's the middle of January. And I realize that they played late late into the season later than anyone else and that Clemson hired Garrett Riley later than anyone else. But you are deep into the offseason to be taking this long. And I know early signing day has already happened, but... They're dragging their feet. And to me, that means they already have the guy and they're just trying to consider the PR blowback. All right, we'll take the break when we come back to Rob Bro's show. Talk 103.9 News, Money, Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Brochow Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. An injury update on the Dallas Cowboys. J. Ron Curse left the Cowboys' victory over the Bucks uh, with a knee injury. He was riding the bike at the end of the game. So to me, it didn't look like anything serious. But uh, he was asked today if he's going to play. He said 100%. 100% he's going to play. So... I don't know if he'll be playing at 100%, but he will be in the lineup against the 49ers. Uh, Otherwise, this weekend, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, back on the field after a bye week last week, and the Eagles also back after a bye week. Uh, And looking at those two respective teams, Patrick Mahomes going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I wouldn't call that an unfamiliar matchup, but it's certainly not what the Eagles are expecting there with the Giants, who they've already played twice this season. Um, And I guess as unfamiliar as a matchup gets in the NFL would be this Chiefs-Jags game. Does that help the Jaguars? Does it help the Chiefs? Uh, Certainly in the experience column, the Kansas City Chiefs as a roster, uh, I would assume, you know what? More than assume, I would almost guarantee that this roster has the most playoff games out of any roster in the playoffs. Just games played, experience. Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden left in the games uh being played as the most experienced quarterback left in the playoffs. He's played more playoff games than Josh Allen. He's played more playoff games than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has beaten him in the playoffs, but he's the only quarterback left in the playoffs that has beaten him. The 49ers have been around the playoffs the last couple of years. Uh that roster has undergone some turnover. Uh, And I'm not saying the Chiefs roster hasn't gone under turnover either. This offensive line is pretty new. uh, Though they played some playoff games last year together. Otherwise, the Cowboys, not a a long time back-to-back-to-back-to-back playoff roster. The Eagles... Not a back-to-back-to-back playoff roster, though in their careers they have been in the playoff mix, so I wouldn't say they're unaware of what it takes to win in the playoffs, but all of a sudden the Chiefs are one of those teams that looks like experience might really matter. That's what happened to the Patriots uh, when they started going to Super Bowls back-to-back-to-back in those kind of three different Patriot eras. Uh, and that's why I was worried about the Bucks Cowboys game, is because Tom Brady has that playoff experience. Uh, and now that the Cowboys have gotten that you know monkey off their back, that they have a playoff victory, they have a road victory, they don't have as many negative things weighing on them. Maybe that helps them too. But in the NFC, the Forty ers are the most experienced team in the playoffs. And in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, Uh, and then on the other end, the Giants and the Jags are just kind of there for the first time with these rosters. In that respect, I think the Eagles would be a great play this weekend. I think the Chiefs are a great play this weekend. If you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and if you're an Eagles fan, who do you want to win? Who do you want to face? If you're a Kansas City fan, you don't really want to face Josh Allen or Joe Burrow. Though, you've beaten Josh Allen in the playoffs a couple of times now. The Bengals just seem like a really bad matchup for the Chiefs. Kind of an underrated running game. Regardless of who's been in there. Samaj P. Ryan ran really hard against the Chiefs when they played earlier in the season. Uh, And then you look at... uh, The Eagles, and starting to look forward past the Giants a little bit, do you want to play the Cowboys, who you have so much experience against? Would you rather play two NFC East opponents on their way to the Super Bowl, or would you rather play the 49ers, who I think are a better team? That is really tough in that respect. So I think for the one seeds, I wouldn't say they're dreading the AFC and NFC Championship games. Obviously, you have to get through the first game first. Uh, and nothing is an automatic in the playoffs, but there's some really intriguing championship game opportunities. Um, and, and if it's the Giants and the 49ers, that might be the least intriguing nationally, but it's still intriguing because you have Brian Dable, who was a large part of Josh Allen's emergence, and now he's doing the same thing for Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones has been... Pretty good this year. Certainly not the Daniel Jones we saw in his first several seasons in the NFL. That offensive line has been transformed. Andrew Thomas is one of the best young tackles in the league. So if you're just kind of booking the the NFL playoffs, if you think it's rigged, uh, Eagles-Cowboys would be massive. I think the Cowboys 49ers game is probably going to be the most watched game on the weekend. Uh, 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, both massive on the NFC side. Cowboys Giants would be massive on the NFC side. People would hate watch the heck out of that. And then on the Kansas City side, the AFC side, uh, Bills Bengals is going to be more watched than Chiefs Jags probably. Um, A Chiefs-Bengals rematch in the AFC Championship would have a lot of storylines, but Chiefs-Bills would too. So if you're the NFL, you are very excited. um, Four really good young quarterbacks in the AFC. Four historic franchises, we'll call them, in the NFC. Uh, Lots of opportunities there for the NFL playoffs uh let's take a final break here we'll get back into college basketball when we come back you can text in 806-855-3712 lots of games going on we have two more games tonight in the big 12 we'll touch on those who you want to see win who you might see win and why west virginia is favored against tcu that's the nature of the big 12 We'll talk about it when we come back to Rob Bro Show. Talk one of three point nine news, money sports. Welcome back. Rob Roche, talk, one 3.9 news, money, sports, more action tonight in big 12 backs, basketball, basketball land, uh, the Wednesday matchups for tonight, TCU at West Virginia, West Virginia, a point and a half favorite on big 12. Now ESPN plus that tips off at six o'clock tonight. Uh, And if you're looking at uh, TCU-West Virginia matchup, why in the world is West Virginia favored? They are 0-5. Well, Why was Texas Tech favored against Baylor last night? Uh, TCU, a top 14 team in the country, just coming off a victory over Kansas State by 20. It would not shock me at all to see West Virginia win this game. If they don't, though, Uh, you start to seriously think when West Virginia or Texas Tech are going to get their first wins in conference play. Uh, Saturday, West Virginia plays Texas. Texas Tech will play Kansas State. So if West Virginia loses tonight, both Texas Tech and West Virginia will be playing tough games this weekend, though Texas in a top-10 atmosphere I mean, it is a top 10 roster going to West Virginia, Uh, Texas Tech going to a top 10 atmosphere in uh, Manhattan, Kansas. And then the following game, Wednesday, if you're still winless, if you're both 0-7 by that point, West Virginia needing to lose two more, Texas Tech losing this weekend to Kansas State, it would set up a Wednesday night, 6 o'clock matchup in Lubbock, Texas, Somebody will get their first win in Big 12 play if they cannot do it either tonight or on Saturday. And then you head into the SEC challenge. And let's just talk positively about Texas Tech for a second. Let's say they lose on Saturday. It's not impossible to win on Saturday, but... That is going to be a very, very tough game. Maybe there's a hangover after beating Kansas. I doubt it. But maybe there is, and you get a huge win at Kansas State. Let's just say it's a loss, though. You're 10-9 hosting West Virginia. Let's say you win that one. Then you get to play LSU, who is 12 and, 5, and not 12-5. They're not bad in SEC play. They've won a couple games, but they're certainly not one of the top SEC teams. So there's two winnable games in a row. And then you have Iowa State in Lubbock. Stranger things have happened in Lubbock. Then you go to Baylor. Then you go to Oklahoma State. You host Kansas State. Again, stranger things have happened in Lubbock. You get another one against a road favorite in Texas in Lubbock. Then you get West Virginia and Oklahoma again, both on the road. But both winnable games on the road. Then you get TCU at home. How many wins do you see in that stretch? Legitimately. Legitimately, how many games do you see in that stretch where you say Texas Tech can probably win that one? I think they can probably beat West Virginia. I think they can probably beat LSU. I think they can probably at least split with Oklahoma State. Can you split with Oklahoma? You already lost to them once, but it was an overtime game in Lubbock. How's Oklahoma going to be playing in a month? But at 0-6, when you just start trying to subscribe some wins, are there four on the schedule that you think the Texas Tech can legitimately win? And then the rest, you're just like, well, it's Big 12 play. Anything can happen. That's certainly my feeling. There might be four. And really, if I'm honest, there might be two. And they happen next week. Now, if Texas Tech can win two in a row, and and that seems like a real stretch right now, but if you can beat West Virginia and Lubbock and then go on the road and win in Baton Rouge because it's not the Big 12, and you can finally see some shots go in, Maybe that is the recipe to get this team going. But if you don't get some confidence, this team will keep playing how they play. And at some point, as the fans are expecting to lose, the team will start to expect to lose. That's undeniable. It's human nature. Not saying it's right or wrong, and I'm not blaming anyone for doing it, but that's just how it works. Again, we talked about solutions to open the program. Really, the only solution right now to me to fix this season is to, wait for it, win some games. It's it's out there. I know. It's a strange and mythical conquest that I think can be done here at Texas Tech. We've seen it before. If this program can just win a few games, if this team can just get one in... And see a ball go through the hoop at the end of a game where you have more points than the other team, maybe you can get some confidence. And confidence is a dangerous thing, both positively and negatively. It's something that can build throughout the season. And that chemistry gets better with confidence. The trust in your teammate gets better with confidence. The trust in the coaching staff gets better with confidence. And the only way to build confidence is to win. Close games do not build confidence. They might to a certain point, but not true swagger. This team is playing with zero swagger. They're just out there. And we call it chemistry... We call it youth. We call it an experience. This team doesn't have any edge. Would you call this team street dogs like you have in the past? This team doesn't have that dog in them right now. You have to win for that to happen. Good news is I think there are two games in the next week and a half that you can win. That's step one. They've gone through six games without going through step one, though. That's a problem. All right, so Rob Bro Show, it's been the Rob Bro Show. It'll be the Rob Bro Show tomorrow at 1 p.m., but first, the Raider Land at 11 a.m. That is something we will be doing. We'll see you then at 11 a.m. tomorrow.